This is Easy Does It Barbecue with your host, Dan McDonald, owner of Colorado Barbecue Outfitters. If you're ready to dig into some serious talk about all things barbecue, from the moo to the oink, grab a cold one and let's get down to business. Now, here's Dan McDonald. Hey everyone, this is Dan McDonald on the Easy Does It Barbecue Show. We call it Easy Does It because I'm going to show you the easiest way to do it right here on KPPF. I'm the owner and operator of Colorado Barbecue Outfitters located right here in Colorado Springs at 5921 North Academy Boulevard on the northeast corner of Vickers and Academy. I've been teaching barbecue classes for nine years and I've written several articles about barbecue over the last nine years as well, as well as barbecuing my whole adult life. On today's menu, we're going to talk about ribs. Another extremely popular piece of meat to barbecue, low and slow. Ironically, there's several types of ribs. We have pork ribs, we have beef ribs. Those are the two I'm gonna focus on today. Actually, I'm gonna focus more on pork, but I wanted to talk a little bit about beef ribs. Before we do that though, I wanna talk about what you'll need. So let me go through the list of items as we do every show that you can get ready before you do your cook. Obviously, you're gonna need ribs, whether you get beef ribs or pork ribs. You'll need foil, you'll need rub, and in this case, you might need some sauce. A rib rack will be something that'll help you put more ribs in your smoker, and I'll talk about that later. Insulated food gloves that we can pick up that hot rib rack off of the smoker when we're done. Apple juice, apple cider vinegar, brown sugar, maple syrup, honey. These are all things we can add to the ribs, and I'll talk about those in a minute. Cellophane, our popular cellophane to wrap our ribs in after we put a rub on. Some of the terms that you'll hear on the show is smoke, and again, that's simply applying smoke from wood to food as we cook it. I'll use the term crutch it. What that is is a term off of Texas crutch, and that means to wrap your ribs in foil. A rub, which again is nothing more than a simple spice. Basting, we'll talk about that term, and the indirect method of cooking. I have a saying at my store that goes, if you boil your ribs, the terrorists win. Oftentimes, as kids, we grew up with our folks parboiling ribs. It's actually a very common practice with restaurants. However, just know that when you boil ribs, even in preparation, nothing against the folks that like to do that. It's very popular in Eastern Europe. But if you're boiling your ribs, you are boiling quite a bit of the flavor out. So I am not an advocate of parboiling ribs. Uh, It can be done. It is a method you will see. But I recommend not boiling ribs as you're going to lose a lot of your flavor. Let's talk about beef versus pork ribs now. So beef ribs, your typical are going to be the plate ribs and the spares. Plate ribs and short ribs are the same thing. They're basically just ribs that have been trimmed. Your spares or your back ribs are the same thing as well, and they are higher in fat. I do beef ribs the exact same way I do pork ribs. Now, again, some people would argue that, but remember, we can do barbecue any way we like. All right, so pork ribs. Those are the king of ribs when it comes to barbecue. And we have few choices to make. However, your most popular ones are baby back ribs or St. Louis style ribs, which are also spares. Two others that I'll mention just in passing on the show are what are called rib tips. If you've ever been to Applebee's and got their riblets, that's exactly what rib tips are. They're simply, they t- the butcher takes a bandsaw and literally saws off the tip of the ribs with a little bit of meat. And Applebee's made those extremely popular 
and called them riblets. In my classes over the years, I used to tell people, don't embarrass yourself by going to the butcher and asking for riblets. However, a few years back, I was at the butcher, and lo and behold, riblets are now sold prepackaged. So if that's your thing, you can get those as well. Lastly, there is something called a country style rib, and that's done entirely different than the ribs we're going to talk about today. And I'm going to save that for a later show to talk about how we do country style ribs. They have bone-in, or boneless country style ribs. All right, when we go to the store and look for our ribs, we have some decisions to make. Do you want baby back ribs? They tend to be a little smaller. I think personally they're a little more flavorful, but again, everybody's palate is different. You may find that you prefer spare ribs. Spare ribs look more enticing. They tend to be a little cheaper. They're bigger. They look thicker. I can see why people tend to lean towards spare ribs. Once you've made your decision and we've got them home, we've taken them out of the cryovac, I'm going to go ahead and lightly, and by term lightly, I mean just rinse ever so lightly the any bone fragments or myoglobin or whatnot off of the ribs. Then what I'm going to do is I'm going to remove the membrane. If you look at a rack of ribs, there are two sides to the ribs. There is the meat side, which is very easy to determine. And then there is the bone side, which is kind of a thinner side and it's shiny. And the reason it's shiny is it probably has a membrane on it. And we want to remove that membrane. It can just tend to make your food chewier. It may inhibit some of your rub penetrating the meat. So we're going to remove that membrane. Now, ironically, a lot of restaurants don't bother with removing the membrane. So if you don't remove it, it's not going to destroy your cook. I do recommend in the very least, if you'd rather not remove the membrane, to take a fork and score that membrane just so we can allow some flavor and whatnot to get through it. Several ways you can remove the membrane. The way that's worked for me over the years is I've got my ribs sitting in front of me with the bone side up. I'm going to take just a any kind of steak knife or any kind of small knife, and I'm going to make a slit right through the middle from top to bottom. And I'm not cutting entirely through the ribs. I'm not cutting my ribs in half. I'm simply just putting a slit through that membrane. So just the tip of the knife going through, and then you'll want to grab a paper towel. If you try to grab this membrane with your fingers, or if you have nitro gloves on, you're just going to, it's going to slip off over and over. So grab a paper towel or a napkin, reach down and grab a corner of that membrane and start to pull it up. Now on a good day, You'll pull the entire membrane off in one fail swoop, and that's when you go buy a lottery ticket because that's a great day. A lot of times the membrane will peel off very frustratingly in small pieces, and that happens. Don't let it bother you. It happens to the best of us. As long as you can try to get as much of that membrane off, you're good to go. Don't worry about getting every single bit of it. Now I'm going to look around the rack of ribs for any pieces of fat that may be hanging off. We're going to trim that off. We're going to trim any errant pieces of meat hanging. We want to get that rack kind of in a rectangular shape. Now, what I'm referring to are baby backs. I want to talk about spares. So I mentioned to you that the spares are quite big. They have what I call a shark fin on the top, a big flap of meat. We want to prepare those spares and the very popular phrase that we use are St. Louis style. In the St. Louis area, butchers many, many years ago were taking those spares and they were trimming them in such a way that that name stuck, St. Louis style ribs. What that simply means, it really doesn't have anything to do with the cook. It has to do with the preparation of the rack of spare ribs. If you lay it out and you feel the bone, the bone will go about three quarters up the rib. Where the bone stops, you'll want to take your knife and cut horizontally across the top of the bones. 
Now, don't worry. We're not going to be throwing that meat away. That meat that you're pulling off is called the chef's delight. And you can cook that on the side and enjoy that just as well as you can when the ribs are done. That shark fin I mentioned, that flap of meat on the top, on the meat side of the ribs, we're going to trim that off as well. With baby backs and with spares, we're going to end up with a nice rectangular shape of our ribs. They'll cook more evenly. If you don't do that, the thinner parts of meat will burn and char, and then the thicker parts may or may not get done. So we want to dress up those ribs, so to speak. After we've dressed our ribs to your liking, guess what? We're going to put a rub on it. Now, this is where you can put that aforementioned binder that I mentioned last week on my brisket show. A binder is simply something that we put on the ribs that holds the rub on the meat a little better. Most of the time, cheap yellow mustard works as a great binder, but you can use whatever you like. I encourage you to experiment with whatever makes sense, or you don't have to use a binder at all. That's the beauty of this process. So we're going to go ahead and put a light coating of mustard. And yes, I do put it on the bone side as well. In my classes over the years, a lot of my students have asked, Dan, why do you put the rub on the bone side? And I am convinced that the flavor still gets into the meat, especially if you've removed that membrane. You don't have to. You can put your rub and dress up your ribs only on the meat side if you'd like. Remember, none of this has to be done exactly the way I'm telling you. This is a great guideline to get you started. If you're interested in taking one of my barbecue classes, if you go to my website, 719bbq.com, I have a classes link. And I have classes listed on there of whatever's available in the near future. Once we've put our rub on our ribs, we've prepped our ribs, we've put the rub on it, we're going to wrap it in cellophane, that good old saran wrap, and we're going to throw it in the fridge. I mentioned on my last show that what happens and why we're doing that is the rub has salt in it, which is sodium chloride. And again, just like with beef, pork does the same thing. It draws that sodium chloride from the surface of the meat into the meat, unwinds those spiraling proteins that are in there, which causes more moisture in the meat. So yes, it will give you some flavor on your ribs, but more importantly, it will help with moisture. cellophane we'll leave it overnight in the fridge or at least eight hours that is not another set in stone topic you if you forget to put your rub on your ribs and you're ready to smoke them on that day you can put the rub on right before you put them on the smoker i like to put it on overnight but sometimes i forget you can throw them on right before they go on the smoker and you don't need the cellophane at all but for the most time we're going to want to put it on there and let it set overnight in the fridge it's the day of the smoke we get our smoker whatever that is wood pellet grill electric smoker, charcoal smoker, gas smoker, all of the above. We're going to get that up to about a temp of 225. The ideal barbecue temp is 180 to 250. Ironically, Johnny Trigg, who is one of the most popular competition, he's won more rib competitions than any other professional competition barbecuer. He cooks his ribs very hot at like 275. And when I asked him why, he would not share that with me. That's his secret to keep to the grave. I'm more about 225. I like a little smoke kissed on them. The lower the temperature you go, the more smoke probably you're going to produce. Now I'm going to do something with ribs that I don't do with other cuts of meat. I generally preach to my barbecue students that time is not the way you do barbecue. You go by temperature. 
always go by temperature, temperature of your pit, temperature of your meat, always. Again, I can't emphasize the importance of a good digital thermometer. I sell quite a few brands at the store, and if you don't have one, come see me. I'll show you anything you need. There are instant read thermometers, and there are the leave-in kind where you can put it in your meat and go in and take a nap on the couch. Colorado Barbecue Outfitters located at 5921 North Academy Boulevard. If you'd like to call me for questions, I'm at 719-465-1041, and we're open Tuesday through Saturday, 10 to 6. So ribs, we're going to do something a little different, and we are going to go against every fiber of my being and talk about time. Ribs are one of those unique pieces of meat that we cook by time. So what we're going to do is we're going to put our ribs on the smoker, meat side up, and we're going to smoke them at whatever temp you choose. I choose 225. You will need to adjust based off your heat for three hours. One of the most popular methods out there is called the 3-2-1 method for ribs. It works on beef ribs as well as pork ribs. What 3-2-1 simply means is three hours smoked, two hours wrapped, one hour unwrapped. Now, that again is not set in stone. Baby backs, which tend to be smaller, a lot of people do 2-2-1. They smoke them for two hours, wrap them for two hours, unwrap them for one hour. I have a friend of mine who likes to do four hours smoked, two hours wrapped. Doesn't even take them out of the foil at the end. It all depends on how you like your ribs. I like my ribs, and so does my family, what are called fall-off-the-bone ribs. Now, a lot of people will tell you that those are overcooked. Again, personal opinion on how you like it. I don't like my my ribs mushy to me that's overcooked if you put ribs in a crock pot let them cook for two days you're going to end up with mush and bones we don't want to go that route we don't want to overcook them so much that they're mushy i still want a little texture but i like to be able to just pull the bone right out of my ribs after they're done so i really like this three two one method and i use it very religiously, but there are a lot of people that don't care for it, and that's okay. If you ever watch the barbecue competition cooking shows, there's something you have to realize. If you have a barbecue reality show, a real barbecue reality show would be putting a camera on a smoker for 12 hours and watching it smoke, and nobody would want to watch that show. So the producers get the people out there, and they like to cut up, and they like to go over different methods, and they like to spritz, and they like to do all kinds of crazy things to their meat. And you can certainly do that and it's a lot of fun to do that but guys you have to understand you do not have to do that i've always claimed i'm the laziest barbecuer that you've ever met and i'm very proud of it i like to do it very simple but i also like it so lately as an example i've been spritzing my ribs it's something i didn't do for about four years and all of a sudden in 2021 and the end of 2020 i enjoy spritzing my ribs so you may change how you like your food over the years as well so we're going to put that those ribs as i said meat side up and we're going to cook them three hours we're not going to we don't have to temp them with our digital thermometer with ribs the meat is so close to the bone that if you cook them a period of time they're done if you want to tempt them with a digital thermometer you can but it's not really necessary on ribs so we're going to go three hours. What happens after three hours? Well, we'll get our foil out, two layers of foil, and this is where you can have a lot of fun, folks. I like to lay down a bed of brown sugar and then whatever's handy in my cabinet. If I've got honey, pour some honey over the brown sugar and lay my ribs down, meat side down over that, and then wrap them. Some people will make a boat out of their foil and pour in apple juice. Don't pour too much, though, because if you get too much liquid in there, then they're going to end up 
steaming and basically boiling. And again, we don't want to do that because then they will be mushy. Some people put beer. Some people put wine. I have heard of just about every liquid on the planet put in with their ribs. And that's entirely up to you. That's the beauty of doing ribs. You you decide how you want to do it yourself. Like I said, I like to put down a bed of brown sugar. And then I like to put maple syrup or honey or squeezable butter even. I've done that over the years. Anything you want. Some people make a butter bath and really enjoy that. So we're going to put that meat side down on that foil, maybe with a bed of something, maybe not. Your choice. We're going to wrap them tightly. We want to be very careful that the bones of the ribs don't poke through the foil because now you're losing that braising and steaming method that we're shooting for. We're going to put them back on the smoker for two hours meat side down. So again, you don't need to temp it. You don't even want to poke through the foil. You just want to put them back on your smoker. Leave your temperature alone. You do not have to turn up your temp or turn it down. We want to leave that temperature, in my case, 225. Yours might be 180. It might be 275 if you're Johnny Trigg. We're going to go two hours. So we'll set a timer and we'll let it go. After two hours, what I like to do is I put a good set of pit gloves or leather gloves, both of which, again, I sell at the store at Colorado Barbecue Outfitters. Colorado Barbecue Outfitters located at 5921 North Academy Boulevard. If you'd like to call me for questions, I'm at 719-465-1041, and we're open Tuesday through Saturday, 10 to 6. like to grab that foil and I flip it over so now I'm meat side up. So again, to recap, meat side up for the three hours, meat side down for the wrapped two hours, and now meat side up for the last hour. Now, most instructions tell you to take it out of the foil, but I think you're going to find it's a mess to take them out of the foil, gang. So what I do is I take an old knife that I don't really care about because I will dull it over time, and I cut through the foil down the top the full length, and then I fold the foil back. So I'm making essentially kind of like a boat with the foil. I'm folding it back and now I'm letting that steam out. I'm letting those ribs crust up, if you will, for about that last hour. Now I know what you're thinking, Dan, you've never mentioned anything about basting the ribs with sauce. Here's why. Most people like to go a sweet profile when it comes to pork. Well, something interesting about sugar, when it's in its crystal form, it generally will not burn. It will actually adhere to the meat and cook fine. When it's in a liquid form, sugar can burn. If I were to baste those ribs for four hours and let them cook, that sugar could burn and that will ruin your meat. So if you want to glaze or baste or whatever you want to call it, your ribs, do it the last 20 to 25 minutes of your cook. So to recap, we've got one hour left. We've flipped them over. We've cut down our foil and splayed our foil back or butterflied it, if you will. We're waiting for the last 30 to 20 minutes and then you can baste those ribs all you want. It won't be in there enough time for the sugar to to burn. It'll create a nice sticky glaze like people like on those ribs, just like you see at your favorite restaurant. So after we've gone an hour, again, we don't really have to temp ribs. How do you know if ribs are done? Well, there's two ways. The way I choose to use is if those ribs have cooked for six hours. Now remember, the 3-2-1 method is time. Three hours, two hours, that's five. 
one hour, that's six. I've cooked those ribs for six hours. They're going to be done unless they are an insanely large rack of ribs, but I've never run across one that doesn't cook in six hours. Even the beef ribs, which we refer to as dino ribs, and by the way, they're only referred to that because cows are bigger than pigs, and that's all simply it is. After I've gone an hour, I'm going to pull them off, and they're ready to go. I always recommend letting meat rest, no matter what it is, at least five to ten minutes. If you want to let them rest a little bit longer, feel free. But if they came out well, you're going to struggle doing that. So I let it rest 5 to 10 if you want to glaze it a little more. Now, one thing I will tell you about basting or glazing your ribs is whatever sauce you've put on your ribs, if you're not eating that rack of ribs yourself, you've just committed that flavor profile to anyone else. So keep in mind, if you've got a family of five that you're feeding, the kids may not like anything hot. Mom may like it spicy. Dad may like it to taste like cardboard. Who knows? Everybody's going to have a different flavor profile. So one of the things you can do is what I call sauce at the table. If you come to one of my classes at Colorado Barbecue Outfitters, Colorado Barbecue Outfitters is located at 5921 North Academy Boulevard. If you'd like to call me for questions, I'm at 719-465-1041, and we're open Tuesday through Saturday, 10 to 6. I feed you at the end of class, and what I do is I set out five or six sauces. You can taste any and all of them. If I put the sauce on, I've just committed that whole 20 person class to having to eat that flavor profile. And you may like something different. If you don't baste your ribs, you simply leave them alone. And when they come out, then you can have sauce on the table and people can dunk their ribs in the sauce on their plate. That's kind of the preferred method my family uses, but we just all have wildly different palates and like different types of sauces. And any one of them will do. Vinegar based sauces are very popular with ribs. That comes from the Carolina region. Other Carolina style is mustard. I like mustard on my pulled pork, but I don't care for it on my ribs. And that's just a personal choice for Dan. Everybody's different. I prefer Kansas City tomato-based type barbecue sauce over the vinegar-based Carolina style sauce. Texas claims a Texas tangy style barbecue sauce. So it's a barbecue sauce that instead of having a sweeter profile, will have a little bit of to it. Oftentimes people ask me, Dan, I've seen the pros spritz their ribs and what are they spritzing it with? Well, they're spritzing it with everything from plain water to apple juice to apple cider vinegar to beer to wine to whatever your heart desires. I've seen some of the craziest stuff that people have experimented with. Gatorade, Crystal Light, you name it, guys, anything you want. That is the beauty of barbecue. Again, it's experimental and it's to have fun and try different flavor profiles. Now, I would say that your classic style barbecue, if there is such a thing, it's probably going to use apple juice or apple cider vinegar. There is something about the apple and pork that just seems to go very well with our palates, as well as the rub. People tend to go with a sweeter profile with pork. It does not mean you have to. You can go classic salt and pepper if you'd like, just like one would do on a brisket. So you have many options you can do when you're doing the ribs and your flavor profiles, and that applies to any meat. So again, feel free to spritz those ribs. There were years I didn't do it because quite frankly, I was too lazy to do it. I just recently got back into spritzing my ribs with some apple cider vinegar or apple juice, and my family has loved it recently. So our palates have changed over the years. If the bone is exposed on the ribs, uh, that means your ribs are done. It might The meat will pull back to one to two inches, and that's a great way to tell if it's done. As I mentioned, after five to six hours, those ribs are done. You will be fine to eat them. Another test, and I don't do it very often, but 
it won't work if you have sauce, but if you simply do a dry rub rib, which by the way, that is Memphis style. A lot of people talk about Memphis style barbecue, and really all it essentially means is they like to use a rub, but they very seldom put a sauce on their barbecue. Now that doesn't mean you won't go to Memphis and go to a barbecue restaurant and there'll be sauce on it. They all do things different, but the term Memphis style barbecue tends to refer to a dry rubbed rib that just comes out with the rub flavoring on it, period. tips for doing ribs. If you have a smaller smoker and cannot fit a full rack of ribs, guess what? You can cut ribs in half. It does not hurt the cook at all. You can actually cut them up into smaller pieces. Just know it will change how quickly those ribs might get done because the smaller pieces they are, the quicker they tend to cook. A few tips I've seen, one of them that I sell at my store is called a rib rack. And all it does is instead of laying the ribs down flat, which take up more surface area of your smoker, it simply stands them up on end. And the rib racks I sell have room for six racks of ribs that you can fit on your smoker when it may not be very big at all. So you can just stand them up. Colorado Barbecue Outfitters located at 5921 North Academy Boulevard. If you'd like to call me for questions, I'm at 719-465-1041 and we're open Tuesday through Saturday, 10 to 6. There's another way that's very obscure, but I've seen it done, and I've tried it myself, and it did seem to work pretty well, was what I call the crown roast rib method. And what that simply means is take your rack of ribs, put them in a circle, so you're putting them round, so you're touching one end to the other. You can secure it with either butcher twine or toothpicks through the end of the... And now, instead of your ribs laying flat, you've got them in a circle on your smoker, and sometimes you can fit more racks of ribs doing that, believe it or not than any other way. So all of the ways that I just talked about today, I want to again emphasize that there's no detailed way to do it. You can choose whichever way you like to do it. You can get right down into the nitty gritty and do all kinds of steps, or you can just simply do the three, two, one method and add nothing to your ribs at all. Naked ribs are one way that people like them, but I think most people like to add a flavor. But remember, this is your way to do it. It's an easy way to do it. I think if you stick to the easy way, you'll find that barbecuing is much less stressful, and then it makes it even more fun when you experiment. This has been Dan McDonald with Colorado Barbecue Outfitters on KPPF on the Easy Does It radio show. Thanks for listening to Easy Does It Barbecue, brought to you by Colorado Barbecue Outfitters, specializing in pellet grills, charcoal grills, electric smokers, sauces, rubs, and barbecue accessories. Online at 719BBQ.com. See you next Saturday at 1 for Easy Does It Barbecue. And listen to the podcast on Podbean.